0: You are listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. For more information about our church, please visit www.hopechurchipswich.net. We've got an exciting year ahead of us. And over these last couple of weeks and over the coming weeks, we're going to be looking at the way in which we believe God wants us to grow as a church because we believe that we're going to grow in number because we're creating more space for that. But we believe, uh, more importantly, uh, that actually God wants to grow us as a family in some ways. And we've been looking at growing in faith, having expectations of God that he can do great things. We've been looking at growing in community. And Tim helped us uh, to look at that in some depth last week. And today, I want to dig a little bit deeper uh, into that subject of community. And look at actually how we can grow as a diverse community. So... If you have a Bible with you, I'd like it if you could turn to Revelation chapter 7. We're going to just read verses 9 to 12. This is the Apostle John writing, and uh, he uh, was one of Jesus' 12 disciples. He's the only one of the apostles who, uh, who didn't die of, uh, of some kind of horrible execution, He died of natural causes. Um, The rest got killed brutally in some way. And uh, John lives until his early 90s, and he's imprisoned on an island uh, called Patmos. And um, he gets uh, this incredible vision one day as he's uh, he's just sitting down, uh, maybe just admiring the beautiful scenery on this island. And he gets this vision, and as uh, this, um, this vision is unfolding before him, he hears a voice saying, write all of this down. And send it on to the churches with which you're working. There was a number of churches that uh, he was asked to send this message on to. And so this is what we see in Revelation. He sees this incredible vision of Jesus victorious, uh, having defeated uh, Satan, sin and death through his work on the cross, having risen again. And he sees Jesus uh, bringing an end to all evil and all suffering and making all things new. That's what we see in the book of Revelation. And so we're going to read these verses, uh, verses 9 to 12. This is what John saw. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude from every nation that no one could number, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Amen. I want to tell you something really exciting this morning. If you are in Christ, that means if you have placed your faith in him, if you've given over to him your, your sin and your shame, and you've received from him his forgiveness and his honor, you are in Christ. And this image that we've seen, this amazing multitude You are numbered among that multitude. There is a part of the Bible that you are in. The best selling book of all time, the book that's traveled right around the world. No book has been printed more times than this book. You are in it. You can say to your friends, Do you know what? I'm in an international bestseller. I feature in it. In this innumerable multitude, you feature. You feature. This is an amazing picture. This is a, a picture far bigger than those wedding shots that sometimes when you go to a wedding, there's an attempt to try and get everyone in the same photo. Have you ever been to a wedding where they try to do that? And then later on, it might go on Facebook a few weeks later, and you'll have to zoom in to try and see yourself, to see how you looked. Were you smiling? Were you making a funny face? Were your kids behaving? <laughs> Listen, this picture that we've just read about, this is one that you're going to have to zoom for a long time to find your face. Because this is billions of people crying out, salvation belongs to our God. And they're all covered in white. And yet somehow, you, it's distinguishable that they're from every nation and, and tribe and tongue. So they're all dressed the same. And yet, because of their accents, because of their skin tones, whatever it might be, it's distinguishable that they are from every nation and tribe and tongue. We've got a glimpse of a, at a glorious future reality here. We've got an amazing snapshot of something that will come to pass. And it shows us some things. It shows us that diversity is not a modern fad. Diversity is really, it's a buzzword at the moment, isn't it? It's a buzzword that uh, companies try and work out how, di- you know, how can they increase their diversity. Or um, on TV shows, there has to be a diversity of people on the panel because that's the buzzword right now. And some of that's really helpful and healthy. Some of it is not so much. But it's not a modern fad. This shows us that actually since the foundation of the world, before the foundations of the world, God, that's a long time ago, right? God has had a plan for an international family. He's had a plan for a gloriously diverse international family. It's not a 21st century idea. We see here an international family where culture is not central, where background isn't central, but The good news is essential and the good news is a person. The good news is Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the one who was slain, the one who was brutally killed and yet who rose again, who rose again all to deal with our sin and our shame. He's the one who joins this innumerable multitude together. He's the one who joins all these people together from every nation, tribe and tongue. He's the one who's the center of this amazing picture. And we, today, are very, very different, are we not? We look around, just take a look around the room, just see the different faces, the different races, the different backgrounds, different colours that people are wearing. I love it that we can come together and wear something of our national dress. If you're wondering what my national dress is, it's the British and Irish Lions shirt because I'm a bit of a confused person. I'm half Welsh, I'm half English. I support England at football, I support Wales at rugby, which at the moment is the right choice, and, uh, but sometimes it hasn't been. And uh, uh, So I'm wearing today something that represents my nation. It's so good that we're so different, isn't it? It's so wonderful that we are so diverse. Amen. I worked out on uh, Thursday that a third of our church members did not grow up in this country. So I looked at our members, we've got about 250 members who have gone through our Getting Connected course, who have said, I really want to be part of this church and, and, uh, and get behind the vision of this church. 250-something adult members, and a third of those people did not grow up in this country. That's astonishing, isn't it? That's amazing. And beyond the membership, those that are regularly amongst us, the picture is even more diverse. We are increasingly a diverse church. What that means is that probably for quite a lot of you, You see some things in this church and they just confuse you. You you maybe have grown up in in churches in another nation, for example, and you see some things and think, why on earth do they do it like that here? What are they doing? Sometimes you might see some things that encourage you and you think, I love that about this church. It's a really healthy thing that I can see. Sometimes you might think, that's really rude. They're not doing what I expected them to do and it might not be a good thing. Some things just might make you downright confused. Why on earth would one of the pastors wear a rugby shirt when he's preaching, for example? We're from a variety of backgrounds. But if you are in Christ, as you consider this big picture, as you consider this amazing multitude, as you consider this part of the Bible that you are in, that innumerable multitude from North and South America, from Africa, from Europe, from Asia, from Australasia... You find that you have more in common with the others in this picture than you do with your work colleagues, than you do with those that you hang out with socially, than those that you live with, than those that you uh, might wear the same clothes as, or speak the same language as, or listen to the same music as. You have more in common with this ragtag bunch of people than you do with people who might have a very, very similar lifestyle to you, or a very similar culture to you. Because if you're a believer in Christ then you have something profound in common with your fellow believers. You have something profound in common that is more defining than your nationality. It's more defining than your uh, ethnicity. It's more defining than your language. It's more defining, it's more profound than your uh, economic uh, situation, how much money you have in the bank. It's more valuable to you than anything else that the world could possibly offer you, that your nationality could win for you or your money could buy for you. It's that Jesus is your saviour. He's the one whose blood has made you clean. He's the one who is coming back for you. He's the one who is going to put an end to all evil and suffering. And he's going to draw you to be with him where he is. And it's going to be glorious. And he's going to be our all in all. He's going to satisfy us forever. That is the thing that is most profound about us. That's the thing that's most glorious for us. And we see here every nation and tribe, and people, and language represented. And I don't believe this is just talking about nations as defined by the UN, because the UN is kind of a modern concept. Actually, this is talking about people groups, of which it is believed there are 13,000 people groups on the earth. Let me define that for you. Okay, a people group would be a place that you would have to translate your culture or your language, or both, in order to reach that people with the good news of Jesus. I'll say that again, just in case that was quite hard to pick up. In order to reach that people group with the good news of Jesus, you would need to translate your language, or your culture, or both. And there's 13,000 people groups on the earth. That's why as a church we are passionate about reaching the nations of the world. Passionate about going, because there are thousands of those people groups that know nothing of Jesus. So we're looking at an incredibly diverse picture here. We're looking at an incredibly diverse future ahead of us. If you're not keen on diversity in the church, then heaven is going to be quite interesting for you. You're going to fo- probably find it you know, quite interesting that actually what you maybe are not so keen on here, this is actually the reality, that there's going to be people with you who are very, very different indeed. So we must... We must cultivate a diverse community here in the church. In fact, every church should do so. Every church should do so, even in places where there perhaps isn't much ethnic diversity. It's still possible to be a diverse church, even if you are all of the same race, or all of the same ethnicity. It's still possible to be a diverse church. But here in Ipswich, as we saw in the video that we watched, we are increasingly becoming an international town. And so it's important that we cultivate a diverse community here. There are parts of the country where it is not as ethnically diverse. I grew up in a town where, honestly, it would be an exciting ordeal if you met someone from another nation. It, It really would be something that you'd go and tell someone about. In a school of of about 1,200 pupils, you could count on one hand the amount of pupils who did not grow up in this country or who had parents who were not from this country. I had a friend of mine um, coming to stay with me uh, over Christmas time when I was at university. He couldn't afford to go back home to Kenya, where he's from. And so I said, come and stay with me and my family. And uh, he had a great time. I took him along to the church that I was part of, the church I grew up in, which is a wonderful church, And uh, we got in the door and uh, a little child, who was about five or six years old, pointed at him and said, look, mummy, that man's blue. (laughs) And I was just wanting the ground to open up beneath me. I was so embarrassed. But listen, that church was still actually a diverse church, believe it or not, because there was young and old. There were people who were on benefits and people who could afford a swimming pool. There, there There was a diversity there. But... It wasn't a place that there was much ethnic diversity. Each church should strive to cultivate a diverse community. It's something beyond skin color or languages. Each church should should pursue a diverse community because in a diverse community, there's a declaration that despite our differences, which are many, there is one thing that pulls us together. There's one thing that uh, is the center of our community. In, a, in an increasingly uh, polarised nation where there's different camps being set up. Are you a Brexiteer or are you a Remainer? Are you this party or are you that party? Are you in this gang or are you in that gang? Because gangs are increasingly on the rise. There's all kinds of polarisation. With whom do you identify? Is it, do you identify with, with this neighbourhood or that neighbourhood? And yet, in church, there's something of a diversity that points to a greater reality. That even though we're very, very different, and I'm looking out amongst you all, and I'm thinking my experiences in life and my upbringing were vastly different to yours, there is something that holds us together if we're believers, and it is Jesus Christ. He is the center. Of the community. He's the glue that holds it all together, not our morals, not our ideals, not our political views, not our skin tone, not our social standing, not our bank balance. These things do not hold us together. Jesus holds us together. And so I very simply want to encourage us and urge us to seek to cultivate a diverse community here at Hope Church, to build on the wonderful teaching we had last week from Tim. Of, of going deeper and deeper in community, one thing that we would love to see more and more is a diverse community being cultivated. And I believe there's more for us in this. We have it to an extent. Yesterday was a beautiful time together, celebrating, eating great food, but there's more of this. There's more than um, just nice words. There's more than just uh, snapshots. There's more than just um, kind of hurried conversation. There's actually a, a community to develop more and more. And as we do this, three things will happen. Firstly, our lives will be enriched. If you spend time with those who are just like you and have had the same experiences as you, you lose out. You lose out. There will be something of an enrichment that will come as you spend time with people who are not like you. So your life will be enriched as you do that. Secondly, Our community here in the church, as we develop a diverse community more and more, we will be a haven to those who perhaps are new to this town, who perhaps are looking for somewhere to belong, and they can look at us and see that we are very different and say, I could fit in there. I could fit in there. I could be a part of that. And thirdly, as we develop a diverse community here, and it takes effort, as we'll kind of see in a minute, as we do this, we will shine in this community, in an increasingly polarized, increasingly polarized country. We'll be able to say, we love one another, and it will be a witness to the world. I was having my hair cut on Thursday, and uh, I got chatting to the guy cutting my hair, and I talked about what I do. It's a very easy inroad, I suppose, to talk about things of God. And uh, it, it transpired in the context of our conversation that we have a mutual friend who comes to this church. And uh, he hasn't seen this person for a long time. And he said to me, I've heard things about him. I've heard that he's really changed. I've heard that he's, his life has been completely transformed. And I was able to say, Yes, it has. And I've, I've had the privilege of seeing something of that. And I was able to encourage my friend a little later on in the day and say, Listen, listen People are gossiping about you in a good way. (laughs) You know, God changes hearts. He turns us from being self-centered to being other-centered. He changes hearts. And as we love one another, despite our many great differences, the world will take note. People will sit up and see, wow, this isn't just a nice idea. This isn't just kind of wishful thinking. No, Jesus does change lives. He really does today. So, there's more to come. I praise God for what he's doing here. We will have been in Ipswich for five years on Tuesday. We moved here, and it's been a, an amazing five years. There's been pain, and there's been uh, struggles at times, but the vast majority of it has been glorious, and we've loved it. And I don't want to be anywhere else. I really, I want to be here for the rest of my life, because I love this town, and I love this church. And God is doing great things amongst us. And one of the things that I've loved is that I've got to know people and in fact this week I've got uh, going out for a drink with uh, two dear friends who on different nights who are just have n- we've got nothing in common we really haven't apart from probably a love of football maybe but we've got a love of Jesus that is the biggest thing that we've got in common and I love that my life is full of people from all kinds of different backgrounds I love that for my children it's just matter of fact to them that we have people in our home who are from different nations or who are from different backgrounds, rich and poor. I love it. For them, it's just like, oh, that's just, well, that's just normal life. That's just what happens. That they haven't said anything horrendously embarrassing like this child did in my uh, home church. I praise God for what he's doing, but there is more. I believe there's a depth of community and of diverse community that uh, is coming our way. We need to work at it. It doesn't... nothing worthwhile just happens overnight. There needs to be an intentionality about it. There needs to be an intentional crossing of our visible and invisible divides. There needs to be an intentional going to others beyond kind words, beyond nice gestures and, a, and an intentionality of, of inviting people, a meaningful invitation to uh, join us in this walk of life. People who are very different to us and that is, that is one way in which this world will see that Jesus is real. That is one way that this world will see that Jesus changes lives. That he turns lives inside out. So let's, in these last few minutes, let's look at how we might do this as we pursue diverse community. You might be thinking, I, I'm, I'm maxed out relationally. I, I, I haven't got anything else to give I, I, I'm in this big church and there's hundreds of people. I don't, I'm meeting new people every week. I'm kind of maxed out here. Well, let me encourage you. You've got a helper and his name's the Holy Spirit and he's God. That's good news, isn't it? He's come to live within you and he wants to help us in this. He wants to help us build community. And you might say, it's not possible to have community in a big church. Well, it's a lie, firstly, because it's just not true. Secondly, because I've been in the church bigger than this and I've seen glorious community. It can be done. It can be done. So let's ask some questions as we consider how might we grow deeper in community. Firstly, uh, let's ask this question. If I'm not in genuine community, what is holding me back from going deeper? What is holding me back from going deeper? You might want to take a picture of this question or write it down on your phone because this is something I think we might want to consider in these days to come. If I'm kind of on the outskirts, if I'm kind of just turning up and then going home straight away. If, I'm, if I don't really know anyone, what is holding me back? Well, I can tell you what is holding you back. It's a lie. A lie is holding you back. I don't know what kind of lie it is. It could be a lie that says, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm not really needed here, or I haven't really got much to offer, or if people found out what I'm really like, then they would reject me anyway, so I'm just going to cut out the middleman and just kind of be on my own as it is. There's, there's, all kind, there's many, many more lies that you might have bought into. So in these days, consider this question. If I'm, if I'm really not in genuine community, what is holding me back? Second question I'd like to, us to consider is this. Are there any prejudices in my heart toward those who are different to me? Are there any prejudices in my heart? This is why it's going to take some uh, reflection and some just soul searching in these days with the help of the Spirit. Are there any prejudices in my heart towards those that are different to me? My uh, mum and dad are the only believers in their families. And uh, so I've got a lot of uh, family who aren't, uh, aren't yet Christians. And a, a, a wonderful uncle who I love very much. He has a deep prejudice in his heart towards a particular race. Because a number of years ago, he was scammed. He was scammed and it led him to see that or to believe that everyone from that particular country and actually that whole continent was in some way dishonest. So basically because of one experience, casting you know, potentially two billion people into that whole, that, whole, that whole net because of that one bad experience. And, and we can think that's ridiculous. But I would bet that many of us do that from time to time. We've had a bad experience, whether it's with a, with someone from a, a different race or ethnicity or a bit different social background, and then we can find ourselves kind of just being distrustful. We might not even say anything about it. It might be towards those of a different class. We might think, oh, I don't want to hang out with someone like that. They're not aspirational, or they, they, they haven't got the same values as me, or they're snobs. I don't want to I don't want to hang out with them. They're, they've got this, they just think they're, they're so, they're God's gift to the world. And we, in all various different kinds of ways, we can actually hold prejudices in our heart. And it would might, it might cause us not to actually uh, seek community with people because of our prejudice. And so let's ask God this week, let's ask God to put his finger on some things if there is anything going on in our hearts Not that we would be condemned because we believe there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Hallelujah. But he does want to change us. He does want to work on some things. And so when there is uh, prejudice in our hearts, he wants that to be changed. Because it's the most anti-gospel thing that there's going, I think. It's so opposed to the way of Christ that he would want to do some work in our hearts. Final question. Who can I invite into my life? As I said, some of you may already feel like, I've got so many people in my life. I don't need any more people. The last thing I need is more people. Well, ask God. Ask God to help you. Ask God to highlight some people to you. Who are you going to pursue? I'm talking to all of us here. Who are you going to pursue? Who are you going to say, hey, come to mine for lunch? Come to mine and watch the football? Come to mine. Let's. Let's build a friendship. You don't even have to say, let's build a friendship. That's quite a weird thing to say. <laughs> Just say, let's get together. <laughs> I don't think anyone says, hey, do you want to build a friendship with me? <laughs> but who are, you, who are you going to invite in? Who are you going to pursue? Who, who are you going to say, hey, I don't know who you are. Come on, let's get to know each other. I'm talking to all of us here. Let's pursue, let's practice hospitality. Let's go after it. Please, I've said it again. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Hospitality is not a show. It shouldn't be a show. It doesn't need to be a show. It's just getting people together. It can happen anywhere. Don't think you have to put on something that's impressive. Lean in and pursue hospitality. Let me tell you something wonderful. If you're you're not a Christian here today, which could be many people here in a crowd this size, and we know every week there's people amongst us who are just looking in and searching. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the whole world. That's quite a weird phrase, the Lamb of God. It means he was coming to be a sacrifice. It means that he was perfect and spotless without sin, and he became a sacrifice. And whatever the... the, community that you're from, whatever the background you have, Jesus Christ is the answer to the longings of that culture. Jesus Christ is the, is the answer to the longings of that nation. He is the answer. If you're in a nation a bit like ours where it's all about uh, guilt and innocence, well, listen, Jesus Christ died on, your cro- on the cross for you in your place. He took the punishment you deserve to justify you fully before God. If you're from a, a, a nation where it's all about shame and honor and people can be cast out of communities because they bring shame to the family. Listen, Jesus Christ took your shame. He was shamed for you. The one who deserved no shame. He took it and he's now given you the seat of honor in the family of God. That's such a wonderful thing. If you're in a, from a culture where it's all about fear and power, listen to this. Jesus Christ defeated the evil one when he rose again you don't need to fear you don't need to live in fear because Jesus Christ is victorious and he's with you to the ends of the age and so today if you're if you're not a Christian if you've never at any point in your life said I I I surrender my life to Jesus today there's an opportunity to do that to receive forgiveness to receive honor to receive a friend who will never leave you a mighty one by your side You can know him today. You don't need to delay. I had a a picture in my mind as we were worshipping of a suitcase. And I believe that there's for some, you've kind of over many years been kind of considering Jesus. And you've been packing your suitcase almost thinking or weighing up the cost of what it might look like to follow him. For many years, you've been looking at the lives of others thinking, what does it look like for them to follow Jesus? And today, I believe, was the day that you would pick up that suitcase and get on the plane, get on the adventure with Jesus. That the years of looking in and searching and thinking, is is this really real? That today is a day where you, it's the day to make that decision. So I'm going to pray now. And uh, as I pray, there might be some who want to make that commitment to Jesus today and say, "I, i I give my life to you. I give over my sin and shame and fear and I receive from you all the good things that you've won for me. I'm going to pray a very simple prayer of response to this Jesus that we've heard about this morning and I'm going to pray for us as a community and then we're going to celebrate. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that you are the answer to all my searching. Lord Jesus, I know I've got a weight of sin and shame and fear on my life. And I want to give it over to you fully now. And I want to receive from you forgiveness and adoption into your family. And I want to live my life for you all the rest of my days. Amen. If you have responded today, please tell someone. Please tell someone you came with. Please tell me. Please tell Tim who you've seen up the front here. We'd love to help you. But I want to pray for us each. Now let me just pray a very very quick prayer for us. Father, we want to step deeper into community. I want to ask you, Father, that you would cultivate a diverse community increasingly here that will be enriching to us that will be a haven for many who come into this town, but also that will be a witness to the world that we have something in common that is far more profound than anything else we might believe is so important about ourselves. Lord God, we want to see you do something incredible in these months. Come and take us on a journey, Lord. Grow us in community, we pray, for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. Please feel free to make a copy of this content, but please do not edit the content in any way.